You're loco, man. Subtitle, you're crazy, man. <laughs> That's one of the most underrated jokes in the whole movie. Ladies and gentlemen, look at all these wires in here. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm the legendary Richard Barden, former Navy SEAL, Army Ranger, and Green Beret. I served six tours in Desert Storm, four in Bosnia, three each in Angolia, Somalia, Mozambique, Nicaragua, and Sierra Leone. I'm a recipient of 16 Purple Harps, three Congressional Medals of Honor, seven Presidential Medals of Bravery, and a starting tight end for the University of Texas, El Paso. That was a long time ago. <laughs> and this is Mad About Movies! Da, 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 da. You sound insane. That About Movies is your go-to movie show for all things concerning the world of cinema. We discuss movie news, movie rumors, and movie rumblings, and then we break it on down for our chosen movie of the week. Stick around for the end of the show for our weekly recommends, and make sure you check out our website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Brian, this week's chosen movie of the week is... This week we're going to be talking about the greatest movie of all time, McGruber. Yesterday, reliable sources informed us it's made its way to U.S. soil. I'm going to turn Washington, D.C. into a pile of ash. It's a very tall order. We need the best. Get me McGruber. I'm in. Ten seconds, McGruber! It's already started. <laughs> this is easily the most inevitable show we've ever done. Yeah. You know, like this was bound to happen, guys. Mm-hmm. Brian, what's the plan for this show? Oh, we're just going to wing it. Uh, we're just going to see what happens? There's a big difference between winging it and seeing what happens. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say to the listener, if you haven't seen McGruber, Turn this stop off. this right now. <laughs> go see McGruber because... This, it'll make this podcast a thousand times better if you have seen McGruber recently or ever. So Also, if you're a girl or <laughs> if you're over the age of, what, 38 or something like yeah. that, this will not be the episode for you. So Definitely not. We'll see you next week. Easily, easily probably the most anticipated episode ever of Mad About Movies. Next to Now You See Me, I know that one is still yeah. probably the most talked about episode we've done. But We, uh... To our fans who have been with us, this is kind of our present back to you guys for sticking with us over this year of podcasting. It's actually a dual present, Richard, because yeah. A, we're going to talk about MacGruber, and B, we're not going to talk about Pompeii. So you <laughs> guys are getting... But when you close your eyes, how'd they not work out? And the, the walls go tumbling down. It is in I'm one sure of the that's at the. Cr- I'm sure that's at the credits. Yeah. yeah, it's in the credits. I mean, you've got to if you're a producer, like, well, one of the biggest songs out right now just happens to be the same title of our obscure <laughs> volcano movie. <laughs> First volcano movie since Dante's Peak, guys. So, yay! <laughs> I'm psyched for Mount Saint. I was, def- I was a I was a Mon- I was a Dante's Peak fan more than I was a volcano fan. Yeah, definitely. Here. Dante's Peak was way better. Yeah, I don't know that I ever saw either one of them. To be honest with you, uh, then- Dante's Peak is epic. Yeah. Is that the Pierce Brosnan yeah, one? And Pierce the other Brosnan one is Jane. No, is it Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, it's just every a bunch of randos in in the uh, nice. in volcano. All but, right, uh, stay tuned for our throwback volcano Dante's Peak crossover episode <laughs> coming later, followed by year. the Armageddon Deep Impact crossover. <laughs> yeah, yes, that would be epic. Wherein we we break it down and like choose which one had the best plot and then recast the movie just from those two movies. 
You know what I mean? I like, like it. Morgan Freeman is now going to play the part of Steve Buscemi. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, you uh, never cease to amaze me, Brian. So, seriously, <laughs> speaking of volcanoes, you know we've got a battle here: Anne Hesh versus. Linda Hamilton, who you got? Oh, man. Got to go Sarah Connors, right? Come on. Yeah, she's more buff, but I feel like Anne Hesh is way crazier. <laughs> it's true. There's no argument there. Yeah, I can't. I can't argue. Whoa, Don Cheadle's in Volcano? Whoa. Yeah. He plays like a – he has like a weird accent too, if I remember it right. He always does weird accents. <laughs> it's like, know. dude, just – just act and, normal. And Keith David is in everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. Before we jump into MacGruber, I, I know that'll take up a lot of our time, but great sentence. Yeah. <laughs> is there any uh, is there any movie news type issues that we should uh, talk about before we? Well, uh, since we recorded last, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, and Brian and I both agree that it's one of the worst trailers I've worst, ever seen. Yeah, awful. Can't believe so, talking right here. I don't specifically, get it. Specifically, guys, why didn't you like it? I know you're kidding, but um, <laughs> are we? Are we? Can did, did you not? If you didn't like it, then you got you got problems. That's all I gotta say. You have definite. You need mental help. I will actually uh, won't let you on this podcast anymore if you didn't like it. <laughs> Good. So. No, I liked it. Yeah, look great. Look great. That's a a perfect trailer for that movie. Like yep. introduce the characters, show the tone, kind of admit that this is going to be kind of weird, so you're just going to have to get on board and uh man, great great way to do that. Yeah, when it came out, man, it blew up immediately. Like <laughs> all I've heard about for the past week really is Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. Well, to be fair, you pretty much live in Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I do. I live. My, my room that I'm sitting in is currently it's plastered. <laughs> every frame of every comic book is on the wall, actually, around me. So it's pretty pretty nice and cozy. That is nice. No, but um, it, it really was. It was, it was bu- so buzzed about, like crazy. Um, more than I've heard for any Marvel movie, maybe since Avengers. I don't remember a lot of buzz for Thor the Dark World. <laughs> Or even yes. Iron Man three, I don't remember that much buzz for yeah. prior to it. Yeah, and um, we're the about sequels. a month out right now from Captain America two, and it's pretty pretty silent on the um, excitement level, I think, for it. So, man, people are just like, why can't this Guardians movie come out like sooner? It's it's in it's beginning of August, end of summer, really. So, so it's still a while out, but man, the, the excitement level is. I don't think Marvel could ask for more right now as far as buzz for this movie. Um, impressions of the trailer for me, wish we would have gotten uh, talking uh, Rocket Raccoon. That would have been nice, but I see yep. uh, they're kind of saving that for the movie. I loved the effects, looked great. Um, and the, the um, tone of the movie, like you mentioned, Brian, seems great. Uh, sarcastic, witty, um, still dark, like you would expect. Um, but man, it just cements my faith in James Gunn even more after seeing this. You know, it's he, he was. I listened to it in an interview with him yesterday. He was on um, Kevin Pereira's podcast, I believe it was, and he was talking about um, like so much of the trailer and the stuff that we've already seen was previsd, like the very beginning. Like that's the reason we like half the trailer we saw this week is the trailer they showed 
at Comic-Con over the summer after they had been shooting for 12 days. It's like, um, so all we've seen really is like the test footage. Does that make sense? <laughs> like, okay. like what we're actually going to see is going to be even way, way better than what we've seen already. So yeah, man, my anticipation is high if you, if you can't tell. So yeah, I'm glad you guys liked it. Richard, did you, did you really like it? I did. Yeah. I, I, I was psyched for it. Yeah. Super, super cool. It's definitely uh, it's a departure for them. Second favorite trailer of the year so far. The Godzilla trailer oh, is the one yeah. that came out awesome. today. Yeah, yeah, that was unbelievable. I didn't want yeah. to mention it because I didn't think y'all had seen it yet. But I haven't yeah. seen the new one. But the Dude. first one was the new one. The new one is even better than the first. <laughs> I'm stoked. Holy I'm God. really excited that they're going to do that right. Yeah. Um, and that first trailer was awesome. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we'll save that for another day because um, once we get closer to that day, I'm sure we'll talk more about it. But I think we should mention uh, the passing of Harold Ramis. Yeah, uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, Major obviously bummer. one of the one of the premier names in comedy as far as directing, writing, and acting uh, over the past um, long, long time since the seventies, and uh, huge loss for film and comedy, especially. Mm. And um, man, I was a huge fan of. <laughs> obviously, he's got classics in his resume. But uh, Caddyshack, uh, for me, like when I I saw that movie and I was like, man, it's such a such a unique comedy. It was so you could tell a lot of it was improv, you know. And like going back and looking at it, like Harold Ramis made that when he was basically a kid, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I like look. I just look back at that and be like, man, if I can be anything close to what he was when he was a kid. <laughs> You know, I'm going to be doing pretty well for myself in this business. Yeah. So, he had, a, just, he had a great run early in his career. Animal House, Meatballs, Caddyshack, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, and then, uh, of course, Groundhog Day in the early 90s. Like, that's a, that is quite the resume uh, of films. Yeah, definitely. That he was heavily involved in. So, yeah, great, great guy, great actor. Um, what a, I mean, had a great, he had a great comedic voice. <laughs> We're upset too. It's okay. <laughs> um, had a very well-defined comedic voice. I think uh, you you kind of knew you were watching a Harold Ramis movie. I think so. Yeah. Um, and and I, I always appreciated that about him. I I love this little. Have you guys ever seen the movie Orange County? Yeah. The the dean. Character. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just kind of a throwaway. Which I, I mean, I have a I, I really like that movie, and it's it's always been like kind of a me too. Yeah, uh, not I wouldn't say a guilty pleasure, but like that's a movie weird. that that's I really funny. I never mentioned. I always purposely don't mention that movie because yeah. on this podcast because I'm sure you guys would rip me for liking it. But I I was <laughs> highly influenced by Orange County when I was in high school. For oh sure. yeah, I yeah. love Orange County, and nobody ever talks about it. I don't know that anybody thinks it's bad. I just don't think that people remember it or really even saw it maybe to begin with yeah. but uh yeah i've always liked that and he plays the dean and he has this you know he at some point he accidentally takes some uh some drugs and he's just tripping and it's it's hilarious yeah. and still to this day i mean that movie's been out for i think that was 2001 2002, 2002. so whatever uh 12 years and i still to this day at least once a week will say to somebody we are the same height. That, that is, is neat. neat. Yeah. <laughs> so classic. Uh, yeah, classic stuff. And he will. He'll definitely be be missed. Richard, uh, admiration for Hill Ramis. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
producer Steven put it best. He's like, I sent you guys that screenshot. It was like, you know, when Ghostbusters start dying, it's like the Beatles dying to our parents. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And then, so, I mean, no, definitely for Ghostbusters alone, um, Caddyshack was, uh, my dad is a, uh, is a golfer. So that movie was kind of on repeat a lot in my home growing up, uh, which was pretty influential. Um, vacation movies. I mean, pretty much anything <laughs> that's American comedy from 1976 through 1991 is pretty much Harold Ramis yep. in some capacity. And that's a 15-year um, run that is probably not given enough credit because I don't know if anyone else has had that dominant uh, of, of a run. And he was so um, kind of low-key personally um, that no one – really gave him that credit. It's kind of like, uh, to me, a similar example would be kind of the South Park guys. I mean, you realize like how influential those two guys have been across three or four different mediums. But, you know, if you were to say who's the divining voice of American comedy for the last 10 years, you probably wouldn't even say them. Yeah. And I think Harold Ramis is the same way. Uh, people would probably say somebody like Eddie Murphy or, um, you know, Chevy Chase or uh, Steve Martin or something like that in those years. But Ramis probably churned out more quality work um, than any of those guys. Uh, so uh, definitely will be missed. I mean, it's hard, you know, it, it's tr- he, he died far too young. Uh, it's not a Hoffman situation, though, where a lot of his career was ahead of him. Um, you know, I think his work is pretty much complete, so there's no sadness in that. But he kind of was in the last few years, especially with Apatel serving as this kind of like uh, professor emeritus of comedy, right? This kind of retired guy that kind of could yeah. get, give – sage wisdom to these uh, people doing it now and, and that much will be missed and obviously um, as such you know rare to someone pass that uh, has that good of a reputation as just a really decent human being so on that on that point um, he'll be he'll be missed quite a bit so uh, definitely yeah, yeah I um, he, he definitely will be missed and I'm gonna go back like I did for for Philip Seymour Hoffman I'm gonna go back and do a little uh, journey through uh, Harold Ramis's movies. Go back and revisit yeah. those and uh, appreciate his work. So there is a lot of movie news we could talk about, but this isn't uh, just like any other episode about about movies. And so I think we should spend uh, prior to our MacGruber talk here, guys. We should spend the rest of this segment uh, talking American treasures. Yeah. I know this has probably become one of our most famous uh, segments on the show, one of the most popular segments in the show. And um, I know you guys have expressed interest in returning uh, to this segment this week, so I'm assuming you can bring something to the table. And um, Brian, I want to ask you specifically, uh, what do you want to talk about here? Have we uh, have we like clarified to the listener like what what the requirements are for American Treasure, or do we have that on the website somewhere? We just want to direct them there and 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 let them uh, find out for themselves, or how do you want to proceed on that front? Uh yeah, we can we can go over the official rules if that's what you're asking, Brian. Okay. And so, um, I, you you made a template, I believe, of rules <laughs> like, yeah, a while ago. This pretty seriously. You took it pretty yeah. serious. You sent me and Richard like a yeah. whole like document. <laughs> like, yeah, look, it's pretty awesome. So this we're the official home of American treasures. We have to take that seriously. Yeah. That's a that's a responsibility that we have. Not only to our listeners, but to the world, I feel like. so. Um, but we decided, what, that they have to be 45 and in the public eye for public 25 eye for years? Public eye for 25 years. Or, or 50 in 20. Yeah. 
Film and TV. I think the film 25 years is more important than the 50 years old. Because okay. if you've been working, like if um, – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in, totally. in, in 10 years, if we're like, man, Haley Joel Osment, definitely American treasure. <laughs> and he's been working since what? He was right. eight years old or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that could apply. So okay. the, I think our, the basis rule is has to have worked – been born in America and worked in film for 25 years. Okay. So – Welcome to the club, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> ideal, our ideal candidate no? is over 40, for sure. sure. So every yeah. candidate we bring should be over 40. Uh, but if we can make a su- successful argument for somebody under that age, then we should. Yeah. And okay. don't be scared, too. So, and it, yeah, so there we are. 20, 25 years, film and TV. Um, there's got to be some comedic aspect to it, yeah. okay? Uh, it can't. We, we're not putting Daniel Day Lewis in, even if he was American at this point, just because he's not funny. So that's fine. There are other awards for those things, right? There's there's other there's other jackets out there that are just as important uh, for the dramatic community. But this is more of a, a comedic award, right? Um, so we keep that in mind. Um, they do have to be American, uh, and uh, for right now, we we have the the actors wing of the American Treasures uh, Hall of Fame. And we have the public, what do we, figure. What do we, public figure Hall of Fame. And for public figure, eventually we may expand to, to other wings. But for public figure, uh, it, the same uh, rules apply. And they have to have at some point been a part of a TV show or, or movie. Even if it's just a cameo, something sure. like that. Just because we are focused on film and TV, uh, we're, we're going to make that a, a stipulation in the contract. Sure. Um, so, and, and we, we, we vote on it. It's a simple, uh, you know, you need two, two, uh, yeses to get in. Yep. Um, if you're denied, you can come back up for eligibility in, you know, six months or so. Sure. Uh, if, if we want to go that direction and whenever we talk ATs, we will, what do we decide? We can each bring one to the table and, and maybe a, a couple of extras, uh, if we, you know, if we have time to discuss them. I'd say Is we that, can, that, we can bring more than one, but we can only have one each inducted per episode. Okay. That we talk okay. American Treasures, you know? So if, okay. if you bring two to the table that are arguably good, we're going to have to choose which one is most important okay. right now to induct. So before, okay. we, before we bring candidates to the table for this week, I want to yeah. remind our listeners who are already American Treasures, according to our show. In alphabetical order, American Treasure Harrison Ford, okay. John Goodman, Tom Hanks, Woody Harrelson, Steve Martin and Bill Murray. So those six guys are the current um, inaugural class of American Treasures for Mad About Movies. And uh, Brian Gill, who uh, who you got? I'm going to bring you a, a couple of selections, and I'm going to move that we we I'm going to move first of all that we put one directly in without even voting. Okay, I, I'm going to move that Robert e, Roger Ebert deserves to be in sure. the public yes. figures Hall of Fame immediately. Okay, and we, right. we established John Candy in as well, I believe. Yeah, as a, a couple as a episodes ago. Honorary, he's, he's Canadian honorary. though. He's North Canadian. American treasure. North yeah. American treasure. Yeah, uh, along with Michael J. Fox um, and Martin Short. And Martin Short. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to bring you. I'm going to bring you another one that belongs in the uh, in the public figure Hall of Fame. Okay, uh, American Treasures, and I I think Richard especially is going to like this one a lot. I'm going to bring uh, I'm going to bring up Mr. Bill Walton. Ooh. How do you like that? How do you like that? The single nicest famous person I've ever yeah. met. 
great human being. Um, <laughs> That's so random. Me, like there are so many other public. I know. <laughs> straight from Bill Walton. I, I'm, I, yeah. I really am excited about this one. I have a list on my phone, and I was scrolling through, and I was like, that's the one right there. I was watching some random, like, Pac-12 basketball game the other night, and Walton was the uh, the color guy, and it, it made me best. so happy because he's the best, and I miss him on NBA games. Yeah. Uh, but he is a genuinely nice guy, uh, made a great contribution to the sport of basketball. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that really helps here, but yep. – uh, Nobody does it like Bill Walton, right? Like right. that's a completely different style of announcing that no no one else can touch. So uh, that's that's my case for for Mr. Bill Walton. I, when I was a sophomore in high school, I won't tell the whole story, but I I was lucky enough with a few of my friends to meet Mr. Walton, and it was late after a NBA game that he had been announcing, and we just wanted a quick uh, picture with him. We saw we ran down to the court and. Uh, you know, wanted a quick picture with him, and he took about forty-five minutes wow. uh, to talk to us about our JV basketball team and what offense <laughs> we were running. Oh, you're getting up and down the court, I bet. Now, who's the shooter and who's the rebound? Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic! And he, no one has ever cared more about JV basketball than anyone uh, in the world, and uh, than Bill Walton. So, uh, couldn't agree more. You have my stamp of approval on this. All right. Hey, well, I. I guess I don't even have a, a vote here. Bill Walton has been inducted. I mean, you can cast a dissenting vote if you no, want. No, I would have voted. I would have voted in favor anyway. He's okay. Easily, easily an American treasure, and um, he has been in movies. And I'll yes, name some. Yeah. He is, was yeah. in Celtic Pride, starring Daniel Stern. Classic film. <laughs> and and right? Damon Wayans. <laughs> yeah, and Damon Wayans and Dan and Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And he was in Ghostbusters. And oh yeah. He was also. He played Bill Walton in Ghostbusters. <laughs> he, uh, he was in Little Nicky. <laughs> Surprised that, that he can still be American Treasure after being in Little Nicky. And yeah. uh, he got game and others. So yeah, for Bill. definitely has his. Hey, cheers to Mr. Walton. Welcome to the wing. Here, you pick up your jacket over here. Yeah, the biggest jacket we'll ever create, probably. <laughs> Are we doing jackets? I thought we decided on something else cooler. <laughs> I can't like, remember. Like Blacks. best. Flaxers. I think we go vest oh, or, or pants. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's just like do a whole pants. suit. Yeah, <laughs> and every a five piece suit, double breasted. We'll do that. I love it. I love awesome. It. Um, Richard Barden. Anybody to bring oh, to the table? I do. I, I this is one's risky. It may not get approved, but uh, I, it, it's it's topical because uh, this person has has quit public life. Oh. So I oh, thought okay. as a. Uh, <laughs> I'll throw it out there, and if you, if it's vetoed, that's okay. But I'm going to throw Alec Baldwin. Okay. Now, um, argument in favor of Alec Baldwin. Okay. Uh, definitely one of the two or three best SNL hosts ever. Yeah. So he definitely uh, he uh, passes the comic test. Uh, 30 Rock, definitely one of the be- most iconic TV characters of all time. I mean, I quoted Jack Donahue just earlier today. Um, he was a Jack Ryan. Yeah. Um, and try to think one other thing I can think of. Um, the Departed. Oh yeah, duh. Obviously. Um, there's there's uh oh no I forgot the name. I had such a funny joke and I forgot the name of the movie. Darn it. (laughs) Oliver uh, Orlando Bloom Cameron Crowe movie. Oh Elizabeth Town. Elizabeth Town done. (laughs) Are you settled? (laughs) Brian, drop of a hat. Elizabeth Town. 
Um, I like Elizabeth Town. I'm the one. I'm the person that likes Elizabeth Town. I was. I would have been cool with you saying that, but it was on Fox Four over the weekend. Yeah, I watched about ten minutes of it. It was the last ten minutes. Yeah, and Bloom single handedly ruins that. Yeah, he's bad. Now he's let bad. me let me ask you this, and this is an important stipulation for American Treasure um, qualif- qualification that you didn't mention, Brian. Not yeah. only do you have to be funny, but there's another aspect of that. Sense of humor about oneself. True. That's Does true. Alec Baldwin have a sense of humor about himself? I will admit. Like, well, can he laugh at himself? I, yes and no. <laughs> I have seen him make great jokes at his own expense. He's always keen to go SNL on SNL and do a bit, but it's right after he you know, blew up at a stewardess or something. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but then other times, you know, a paparazzi makes a joke and he punches him in the face. Sure. So I'm, I'm willing to accept the verdict either way. I think at times he does. This is, this is about as borderline as it gets, right, guys? Like, yeah, this is a tough this call. Is tough. In keeping with that, you could make the case that Jack Donaghy, which is definitely his crowning achievement, mm-hmm. uh, is, is in a way making fun of himself. Yes. It's just the exact opposite of himself, <laughs> but just as ridiculous and <laughs> insane. Man, that's a tough that's one. That's a tough Richard. one, man. It's so tough. Um, obviously, you're going to vote four. I'm going to vote four. So I just need so one of you. It's to between go. you and I, Brian. I don't know. Gosh. I'm thinking Rock of Ages. That was pretty, pretty gnarly <laughs> a couple years ago. Like, why? <laughs> why? You know? Um, he's had some rough patches. Definitely. He, has. he called his daughter a pig, like, though. Yeah, I feel funny. like until 30 Rock, everyone hated Alec Baldwin. Like, yeah. You know? He's an intense person. I think he's one of these people that uh, is obviously hyper-talented. And I think, even though sometimes he funnels it in the wrong direction, I think he's hyper-intelligent as well. And I think these yeah. people sometimes struggle to communicate with sure. other humans. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I'm going to vote yes. I think he just barely sneaks in, but I think he's definitely an AT. But you guys, yeah. I'll let you decide. <sighs> Brian, I want your thoughts. I. It's tough. This is a tough one. I. I love Think about how good he'll look in the suit. <sighs> I love him on <laughs> Thirty true. Rock. I don't know that I love him, and I love him on SNL. Obviously, I'm trying to think of like. One movie that I have liked him. Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Beetlejuice. (laughs) I I think we've established. I don't know that I've ever seen Beetlejuice, so I missed missed that. He is great in Beetlejuice. Gosh, man, this is a tough one. Can't. What are you? I'm gonna. You you know what? This is. This might be premature, and I'll admit that. But I'm gonna have to go. Yes. Yeah, he's in the Departed, guys. Yeah, there's. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. There's going to come oh, a day where we're going to have okay. this, this Glenn argument. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross yeah. pushes them in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the, the Shadow. The aviators. Narrator of Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I'll, there I'll are – yes. this is an inevitable one too. You know, it's like – Eventually it would happen. Eventually sure. we're going to have this conversation again. So let's just put them in now so we don't have to revisit it later and, right. and put them in. You know what I mean? So good right. good stuff. Um, we've All got right, Alec Baldwin, Bill yeah. Walton this week, Roger Ebert. Imagine how weird this, like, if this actually was a Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Like, just the conversations between those uh, three people. Yeah. I love it. Baldwin would and that has to be taken into, effect, into account, too. Um, 
can these people get along and perhaps do one giant movie together? And would it work? <laughs> like right now, this cast, I would definitely see yeah. a movie with Bill Murray and Harrison Ford. Oh, and no question. Freaking Alec Baldwin. You and know? Wes Anderson directing. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So Can't, I'm going to bring. Do you have anybody you want to bring to I, the table? I do. And I, I could go several ways with this. So what kind of candidate should I bring to the table? And I'll try to bring one in that uh, category. We try to keep it film and TV. We already okay. have two kind of outside in the public figure piece. Right. So let's go bring an actor or actress of some kind. We okay. need women, by the way. We yeah, need we women. do need women. I can we bring have... a woman. Okay. And if she doesn't get in, I'll bring a man. Um, American <laughs> treasure... Francis McDormand. Ooh. Ooh. That's thinking outside the box. Yeah. There. Definitely there on talent. Definitely probably meets the time. Piece. Sense of humor about oneself. That's the part I, I'm willing to be educated on, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah. She does have an Oscar. I feel like she um, has done like SNL and stuff in the past that okay. I haven't seen. So I can't, uh, I can't really remember a lot of comedy. But I mean, okay, I, I just googled Frances McDormand, and I'm going to go off on a side ramp here. She's married to a Cone brother, which yeah. is big. Um, but I Google Frances McDormand, and then the second thing that comes up is Frances McDormand feet. Who are these oh, people that oh, are searching no. all these actress feet? <laughs> oh. Every person I search, their feet pop up, and it's like, who are there that many? You know that Google is uh, tailored to your personal taste, right, Richard? (laughs) So if you search that a lot, it's going to put that up there. (laughs) And I'm the last person. I I don't look down. I trip over stuff all the time. I've never noticed a person's shoes in my life. Yeah. I'm the last person that would Google that. You're like Um, six foot eight, so I trust trust that to be true. Yeah. Um, She's been comedies, though, guys. Oh, yeah. Burn After Reading. Yeah. Definitely a comedic role. Moonrise um, Kingdom, almost famous. Fargo. I mean, she's owning the comedy. I'm, I'm with it on that point. I'm with you guys. Though. I don't out? know anything about her as far as like yeah. outside of movies and if she is an enjoyable human and and such. If she, she has a sense of Transformers: humor. Dark of the Moon, which shows right. some sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> and Eon Flux. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Oh man. Fortunately, but um, she's. Like I said, she's she's been acting forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been acting since early eighties. Eighty four, Blood Simple was the first yeah. Coen yeah. Brothers film. She's um, from Chicago, so that's pretty dang American. And yeah. uh, she's got the Academy Award. Uh, she's shown uh, comedic skills and dramatic skills, and she's a female. And uh, of, of the female candidates we brought to the table so far, I would say she's um, hands down. The um, best candidate we've had. She's certainly there in talent. Um, only because for lack of knowledge of the sense of humor, I'm going to vote no. Okay. So, Brian, it's up to you. Look, but I, any, oh, any, One of my favorite actresses, and I want a woman in American Treasure. I realize that looks bad on our part, but I do right. not want to vote. I don't want to give points to a female just for being a woman. I don't think that's fair. Right. So I'm. We're gonna keep trying. We're gonna get one in, but they're gonna they're gonna earn it. I'm inclined to vote for anyone who is involved with Almost Famous because I love that movie so much. Sure. Um, but I, I here's what I want to say. I I want to say I want <laughs> I want to have like a tentative no 
until we find out more about her as yeah. a person and her sense of humor. So could we table her for I guess, I guess like so. one week and yeah, go we, back? I guess we should just totally vote in uh, Meryl Streep or something this week. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, you know, like she's funny. She, how many more women are, are gonna her gonna you know we'll jump over Frances McDormand at this point True. and jump out well, of this? A lot are coming, right? Like there's right. that. Polar Fay cast kind of coming yeah. in a few years. Like they're definitely just in waiting. Oh, totally. They totally. just haven't don't reach the time requirements. Yes. I and agree. definitely in the last ten to fifteen years, f- women actresses are allowed to show their personality more. So we're we know them better, which is good, right? I don't think you could have had a, a female Bill Murray in nineteen eighty five, whereas sure. you can. Yeah. So I mean that that plays into it. We we acknowledge that. I just I want to know say if... let, let's literally like come back next week. Let's okay. let's do our research. Let's see. I'm in. Uh, you know what we can find about her as far as sense of oh. humor and 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 such, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll, we'll vote again on that. All right, Ken. Who's your second? Okay, because we got to get to group talk. Sure. Uh, my my last candidate uh, for this week. Uh, this this is tough, guys. Uh, American treasure. Dustin Hoffman? Mm. Ooh. Yes. Somebody same same as as McDormand. Somebody somebody enlighten me on uh, Dustin Hoffman's Okay, I have two I have two things to say to you. Um and this should make up your mind. Um The Graduate and Tootsie. What more like what more do you need? That's that's the entire um, that's that's the American treasure right there. Those two roles. Same thing though. Sense of humor film, about film wise, absolutely. But does he have a sense of humor about himself? Not just a sense of humor. Somebody, I'm, I, I want to know. Enlighten me, somebody. Uh, Richard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> does he? I mean, he discovered Jonah Hill. Yeah. Um, he. I mean, he meet the Fockers. Sure. Um, <laughs> no, I'm trying. Hold on, I can I can pull something up here. I know I've seen uh, Dustin Hoffman has made me laugh. Totally. Plus, just his kind of he's got kind of a funny interview personality. I mean, I've heard he's very difficult, but I like that about him. I know he has dramatic chops, obviously, obviously. but I feel like yeah, that's a funny guy. Like yeah, Tootsie, he almost just, won an Oscar. Yeah. I'm I'm in on this. All right, I vote yes as well. Okay, you guys Dustin Hoffman, welcome. Welcome. Enjoy welcome. your five. I'm excited about the suit. fights with Alec Baldwin. Yeah, he's those have. will definitely happen. Yeah, there's no winner there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bill Walton's win? just we all do. Yeah, Bill, Bill Walton's just smoking pot in the corner, trying to get them <laughs> to calm down. So uh, this week, guys, we've inaugurated um, honorary member Roger Ebert. Yeah. Uh, public figure wing, Bill Walton, and regular American treasure wing, Alec Baldwin and Dustin Hoffman. Wonderful. Good stuff. Good, good times, guys. All right. Well, we will revisit this. And I want to remind yeah. the listeners, if you think of somebody, specifically female, if you know a female that deserves to be on this list, please let us know. We'll debate it uh, here. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? 
Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. On the show. Guys, the time has come. Let's move on. Let's talk about MacGruber. He's known only as Deer. And until now, he's been unstoppable. What the world needs is a hero who's so top secret, we don't even know his full name. Hello, MacGruber. Well, I'm going to let you guys take this over. Seriously. Um, this is oh, y'all's okay. podcast. No, it's not. <laughs> no. no, no. And... Um, Talk to us. Talk to uh, the listeners about how you became uh, acquainted slash in love with this film. There's a lot of emotion involved in this film for us. And uh, so, guys, Richard Barden, I'm going to have you kick things off this week. Sure. I, I was sold on this movie. I'm a big uh, Forte was is in my top five SNL cast members ever. For some reason, he tickles my funny bone. I love that a Lonely Island guys and Yorma Taconi or is it Tacone or Taconi, whatever, uh, directed this film, this movie. No, this film. <laughs> um, and this picture. Work of cinema. Yeah. I'm going to start calling it picture. Is that yeah. cool with you guys? Yeah, like Scorsese. Scorsese, yeah. Uh, the picture. Uh, and, uh, and Gene and Siskel. I, yeah. Yeah. I saw this trailer. And uh, I was like, well, I, I'm going to see that. So I went opening weekend with my friend Eric Mollenhoff and uh, some other people. And Shout out to ex-girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, and their <laughs> friends. And uh, that's right. And that's who it was. And I, uh, I've never – my friend Eric and I have been friends since we were literally uh, like 16 months old. And I've grown up with Eric, and Eric is a good laugher. And Eric laughed from credits to credits, <laughs> nonstop. Almost so, I was annoying. I couldn't hear the movie, and uh, it was 
the best, I'm not kidding, the best uh, theatrical experience of my life. And I hurt laughing. I couldn't wait to see it again. Unfortunately, it was out of theaters after one week because it right. really uh, crapped the bed. Um, and I immediately started talking to Brian about it. And you got to see it. You got to see it. You got to see it. And so I, I did the best I could. I remember I got the DVD. And I Blu-ray. Went over, we got a Blu-ray. Oh, I got the Blu-ray. <laughs> and I got Eric. Eric's hard to wrangle. He's a hard guy to hang out with. But I, got, I locked him in. I said, Brian, the only way to experience this is with Eric. Remember? And we went over to your house. Yep. And we all watched it together. And watching your face is one of the best. <laughs> see, I, I had sold you on it, but you were still a little like leery because it's a MacGruber movie. And then like within three minutes, you were just in. And, yeah. uh, and that's, that's my MacGruber memory. Brian, your side of the story? Yeah, that's exactly right. Because, I, I mean, we all thought. Everyone thought, except for Richard. Judging by opening day weekend, it made $4 million. So it was pretty much Richard was the only one in America who was like, yeah, it looks funny. I've got to go see that. Uh, I thought it was going to be horrible, um, as most SNL movies have been for the majority of my life. So I thought it was going to be so bad. Richard convinced me I've, I've got to see it. Brought over the Condor, which is Eric's <laughs> name, uh, nickname. And, uh, and we sat and watched. And... 75 minutes later, uh, I had, uh, had laughed more than I have laughed in, in quite some time. And ever since, it has become part of our, uh, our, our language with one another, our secret, our secret language. Um, McGruber is such a huge part of it. And you're right. It, was, it took about three minutes to just decide, oh, my gosh, this is complete genius. And everything they're doing here is... So, so, so much smarter than it has any business being. Um, and it certainly doesn't hurt uh, watching the movie with, with Molenhoff. So, uh, Eric, if you're listening, I think you might have a career. Like, if you just charge people to uh, watch comedies with them and laugh, I think you can make some money. He's off got that. the best laugh. He does. It's, it's fantastic. It's just a fantastic uh, yeah. laugh that you – it's uh, infectious. You know, it's infectious. So – Hilarious movie. People, I don't think, I, I don't, I, I know people, critics and, and audiences alike did not understand the genius of it when it came out. But it, it's like one of the quickest cult classics that I can yeah. really remember because it, like, almost a, within the year, I felt like people were talking about, wait, this is a really funny movie. And maybe it was just like as soon as it hit DVD and people started watching it. But uh, but Richard, I took and I, I'm sure I've, I've told the story, but I've took taken that same approach over and over and over again for for about a year, because uh, then it made the HBO rounds like later yeah. later that year or maybe the early the next year, and I showed that I showed the movie to all of my friends um, who have the same kind of sense of humor and whatnot, and and I did the same thing. I just sit in the room and just watch their faces. <laughs> while they react to uh to certain scenes within the movie and um man it's it's hilarious it's a great comedy and what i think people don't understand about it is that it is the best spoof mm-hmm. um maybe since like airplane exactly. in 1980 or whatever i mean all the scary movies and and uh the like have i think turned people against the spoof which and, and, and rightly so, but this was uh, MacGruber is the the perfect spoof of an action. Well, of all action movies, you know. I mean, it's it's yeah. got all the elements of a Die Hard or a 
uh, Olympus has fallen or whatever, and except done for comedy, and it is it's stupendous. I think that's part of the reason for its lack of commercial success. Nobody right. realized it was a spoof. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you re- look at the trailer and like. Even in some of the SNL skits, you're like, are they being serious with this or is this <laughs> supposed to be funny? You know, because the way right. Forte plays it, he's dead serious the entire time. He doesn't crack a smile as as MacGruber. It's so one it's, of the best comedic performances you ever oh, see. Like, easily. He is so – he never winks at the camera. Yeah. Like he is just 100% committed to it like it's Hamlet. Yes. Yes, <laughs> and it's awesome. There's <laughs> it's so like fun. an aspect of after, – especially after seeing Nebraska – yeah. Um, there's an aspect of like this McGruber character that's just a facial expression. <laughs> and like, if you were like meeting, if you like met uh, Will Forte in, in person and you're like, just make the McGruber face, you know, there's like a look he could give you with his eyes. Yeah. You're like, that's 130% McGruber. You know, he just right. transforms himself into McGruber. And <laughs> there are so many, so many one liners in this movie that it, it would be. Um, impossible for us to to name all of them. Um, Plus, they mostly guys. are pretty foul. So we they're very should. foul. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't like we said with uh, Anchorman and the such. Don't come come away and watch them with your folks and um, and all that. But um, this is um, hilarious, and it's not only the the lines that are funny and the characters. Uh, the the editing of this movie is hilarious. Oh, like yeah. the the entire production, uh, the music they pick. Is spot on. Um, so much. The special Bolton. effects are funny. You know the sets Love are hilarious. Richard, at your wedding, uh-huh. right? Come on, yeah. you, you have to play with "Love Is a Wonderful oh, Thing." Oh, absolutely. I would have anyway, though, even before this movie. Right. He's the songbird of his generation. So you know, Stephen Laughlin has gone to two different Michael Bolton concerts and said <laughs> he loves Michael Bolton. Nice, nice. Love is a wonderful thing. <laughs> I loved that song when I was like two years old. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Made me dance. But um, yeah, those that was hilarious. And uh, the consistencies with every little nuance yes. of MacGruber is what I love. And Car um, stereo. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> the suit-up scene where, where like they go recruit MacGruber at the very beginning and he, he like goes and digs up his coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. In the rain, and it proceeds to like suit up in all his clothes, but they're all wet, and it's still during the rain. <laughs> and the last thing he pulls out is uh, his rabbit foot keychain, and <laughs> goes over to his Miata and um, turns on soft rock, and just you know that's right where he kicks into gear. Um, but man, I, I just wanted to be in the, like the writers' room or something when they're thinking of all the little things that. MacGruber does like who came up with the idea that he he pulls his stereo out every time he leaves oh. it's in every scene it is <laughs> like, yeah. he was in the middle of the White House talking to like the general and he's still holding the dang freaking it's stereo and I think that's a great example of like how the, the commitment to the bit within yeah. this movie that you were kind of talking about can't because that <laughs> The stereo bit is hilarious the first couple of times. And then the like third and fourth time, you're like, really, we're going to keep going with this? And then it comes back around. You know, <laughs> The fifth or sixth time, you see him walk in with this freaking stereo. When he's hand. shoving it because back into the car when it's like broken. Miata. Yes. <laughs> it's broken. It's, gosh, it's hilarious. And it, 
Ah, man. It, but yeah, there is a serious commitment to what to what's going on here. And I think I, I just watched it again last night, yeah. obviously, uh, for, you know, the 12th dozenth time. Um, I think one of the most underrated aspects of the movie is that uh, of the picture, excuse me, um, Forte and Wig and like and Kilmer especially, and Powers Booth, like, all these guys, I think, are totally in on the bit. They're committed to it, but they totally get it. But I think the most underrated aspect of it is that Ryan Phillippe does not know it's a bit, and he is trying so stinking hard to make this a good action movie. Yeah. Uh, and it works beautifully because he is just such... He's so stiff and and awful, but it works perfectly for uh, for for this the purposes of this movie. Uh, man, it kills me! It kills me watching Forte and him interact because yeah. I I just look at Philippi and I'm like, I really don't think he gets it. But you want to go funnier, yeah. Ugh. My um my favorite line of the movie, and um <laughs> one of my choose. favorite aspects of of McGruber's character is his sarcasm, like. <laughs> the favorite line in the movie is Philippi at the beginning. He's like, "Hey, make sure he doesn't get those codes." <laughs> oh, really? Good, because before he said that, I thought it'd be okay if he got the codes. <laughs> oh man, uh, um, like he hates Ryan Philippi's character, and I love that. Like, for no reason. Him. For no reason. Yeah. Yeah. No reason. He has no reason to hate him. But just from the beginning, it's like half hazing, half. Oh gosh, it's funny. <laughs> One of the greatest all time um getting the team back together sequences of all time too, oh, you know. Uh, the, the greatest. The greatest. The, the greatest great. montage. And the music in it is like uh <laughs> so typical. Yeah. It's like the most 80s synth like blasting. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's just put together so so fun. Guys, funnily. I've been laughing for 20 minutes. Like <laughs> silent laughing to myself. Oh. Goodness, this movie yeah, Richard, talk to us a bit, little bit. I know you're you want to spill your guts on this movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We what should say it's really difficult, to, <laughs> really difficult to talk about this movie without uh, without either completely ruining every joke or we're talking family. things that we're not supposed to talk about. If you're listening to this, uh, you know we apologize. Like this one, there's the saying in the business, right? You do like one for them and one for you. Um, this podcast is 100% for us. Um, if no one ever listens to it, that's, that's fine. Please do (laughs) continue to, uh, but gosh, no, uh, you're, you're right, Brian, the attention to detail, the commitment, um, the intensity that Ike Kilmer and, uh, Forte bring is so gold. Um, the fact that Kilmer is just 100%, can we talk about Kilmer? Yes. Now Kilmer is just game, like just fired up. In his element, so happy to do this movie, not phoning it in at all. No, just a member of the team and ready. It, it. I mean, that's some. Speaking of American Treasure talk, down the down the line, I almost brought sure. him up today. Yeah, really, Val Kilmer. I did. It was between him and Bill Walton, so <laughs> <laughs> made the right choice. Yeah, but talk about just having a wonderful sense of humor about yourself and totally. not taking yourself too seriously. That guy just crushes in this movie. Um, it, you know, Kristen Wiig is like probably on her way to becoming this kind of lightning comedic talent uh, of her generation, and like she's like the eighth funniest thing about this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and she's great in it. I'm not disparaging her, but like that's how great this movie is. Um, she's kind of an afterthought, but uh, her character is awesome. 
I think Philippi's in on the joke, but I think they just really coached him up awesome because yeah, that makes sense. Uh, he seems to be funny, like on Twitter and stuff. But you're right, Brian. Like, if you well, the first time I saw this, I was like, "Wow, this guy doesn't get." <laughs> and this is so. Fu- it's almost this whole movie is a practical joke on Philip. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he doesn't get it yes, at all. It worked. It ruined his career. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has done anything? Um, yeah. Uh, so he's. Oh man, the Powers Booth is in this. It and is then, awesome then, too. Yeah, we need to talk about. It, the one thing, even though this movie's perfect, it's, this isn't a criticism. It literally is a perfect movie. Um, but when he rounds the team up, they're so great. All these wrestlers are all WWE guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, how badly do you want to see the movie with those guys? Uh, yes. The prequel. Yeah. I want right. the prequel with those guys, especially his his chemistry. Forte's with Chris Jericho is like one of the funniest scenes in the movie. It was. It is. That's why it I is. say them because I like listening <laughs> That's why to them. I keep <laughs> There's. Um, <laughs> I wanted to see the big show. I wish he would have made the team, but he crossed him off the list. Yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> I agree, man. I didn't think about that. Like, yeah, what Richard and I have been, been talking like? about that for like three years. I'd if- much rather that than a sequel. I want a like, oh, yeah, we Desert need a- Storm era like Jarhead prequel <laughs> with yeah. just that team and MacGruber and just right. going on some crazy military mission. And Kilmer's still a friend, like yeah. still on the team. <laughs> Like, at the end, he becomes the villain, basically. Yeah, there we go. Brian, can you look up um, what came out the same weekend as this? Oh, like, it's, a, like, it's like, one of the Shreks. Really? Like, yeah. why it made $4 million just seems, like, because, insultingly uh, low, you know? For, someone has – it's official. I don't know who it is, if it's Forte or Tacconi or whoever, but there's a uh, there's a MacGruber Twitter that they were using to promote this movie. Promote or promote? Promote this movie? <laughs> You're from Canada, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it's just awesome. Like he's just building up for a week, and then it comes out and flops. And so on Sunday of opening weekend, it it's just like, well, the, well, kind of. But he goes, "The movie about me, expletive the bed." Oh, oh well, can't blame it. The movie's about me, and even I saw Shrek six times. Gotta go, <laughs> gotta go see Shrek again. <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. It was, it was the fourth Shrek, which made seventy million dollars that weekend. That's a, are you kidding me? It's a terrible yeah. Shrek. I didn't see any of the Shreks except the first Shrek. Second yeah. one's funny. Yeah. Second one's probably the best one, in my opinion. But the third and fourth, third and fourth can die. Yeah. Um. That's that's it. That was all that was out was Shrek and MacGruber. Mm-hmm. Like, Iron Man movies? Two was still out. Iron, Man, Iron 2? Man Two and Robin Hood both took home quite a chunk that weekend. Oh, forgot about. But Robin nobody Hood. knew to see this movie. I mean, that's the thing. It's you know, it's an SNL movie. It's based on a thirty-second sketch. Yeah. You know. Um. Really, the reason that the only way this movie got made probably is Kilmer. Honestly, like if you don't have Kilmer, I know he's not like a big name, it's like Tom, you know, or something like that now. But I think they had to have a name that would help get some of the financing. And I don't, Richard, I don't know if you've ever heard, but like somebody, I read an interview with Kilmer once, and they asked him like, "Why'd you do MacGruber?" Kind of joking around, like, "Why? Why would you do that?" And he straight up, like, very seriously was yeah. just like, because I read the script. Like, did you not see the script? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a hilarious script. Uh, yeah. So, man, greatness. We're not the only ones, guys. I, I definitely agree with you, Brian. It has become a cult classic. Um, yeah. I'm a big member of, of Reddit. And um, about every – on their movie section of their site, about every couple weeks, a thread will pop up there of somebody that's like, Man, I just saw MacGruber for the first time. Why doesn't anybody ever talk about this movie? It's it's easily one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And then like 
those threads go on for like thousands of, of replies and comments about people, you know, the MacGruber discussion um, flows. So, I mean, it's something that people are still discovering this movie and it's got, it's gained such a huge following um, since it came out. It, it was only four years ago that it came out. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I could, feel like by the end of 2010, people started talking about, oh, this yeah. is a really funny movie. I can't believe we didn't see this, you know? Yeah. And um, I wouldn't say a, a sequel's out of the question at all. No, they're writing no. it. It'll right. happen yeah. eventually. I think they could finance it just from, you know, fan sourced. Yeah. Kickstarter um, it. I'm yeah, in. Sure. I, 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 would do, I would donate at least a hundred bucks to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I really would. For Absolutely. the amount of times I've watched a MacGruber and enjoyed it, it's easily worth a hundred bucks yeah. of my I, life, you know. Richard, do you wanna you wanna tell the listener your your dying request that you've You've uh, you've asked us to to make sure it happens if you if you die tragically. I I apologize. You're gonna have to remind me of this because okay. I, I make a lot of. You said it on the show before. <laughs> you said it's that true. Um, it's true. You don't have a lot of things to put your money to once you go. Oh, yeah. oh is it for the? Is it towards MacGruber? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Done. Absolutely. Put I'm it put it all towards the production of MacGruber too. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, put it all towards it, and just liquidate everything I have. <laughs> and uh, sell everything at a big garage sale and just throw it towards MacGruber. And I'll put it in writing. I I, I think that would be – that has to ha- – MacGruber 2 has to happen. It'll and, happen. Um, we need to produce what, it. What are some ideas we've got? Uh, MacGruber so, in Space. MacGruber in Space is one. Yeah. The uh, Desert Storm prequel is another yeah. one. Um, we've come up with these all the time. I think it would be really funny if they uh, – if they- <laughs> If the prequel was them fighting in Grenada. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. He's got uh, some stuff on his resume. You know, he's fought in yeah. a lot of wars. Yeah. So there's like, yeah. Somalia. we can go to Nicaragua, Sierra Leone, yeah. <laughs> Mozambique. What's, uh, we have the, um, there's always the one where at the end, I don't know the plot of this one, but there's some sort of military piece, and at the end, the Expendables show up, and that's where we announce. <laughs> that's where we announce the crossover. No, he has to be in Expendables, like a cameo, <laughs> like even a cameo would be amazing. Absolutely, Stallone, Lundgren, Ford, Norris, MacGruber. Yeah, he's in character in the movie. Yeah. Like, it's a real action <laughs> star. That'd be great. Um, gosh, there's a lot. Uh, the ending scene is hilarious when it, the wedding scene. Spoiler when he when he um when Dieter is there and he finally gets his due. <laughs> what a perfect way to end the movie. He just that is one of my favorite moments in the movie because he is so legitimately furious that yeah. he cannot do what he wants to do. To uh, to his nemesis there. I and mean, Dieter is so thrilled that he can't, <laughs> he can't do it, even though so it comes at Dieter's expense. <laughs> horrible, horrible oh, expense. Yeah, so great. And, I'm gonna um, get it. This, like we we said, don't see this with your parents, kids, whatever. Yeah, or yeah. females or yeah. anything. Lock yourself in a room if you're yeah. a male. Of Seventeen to thirty-eight. Yeah, uh, it's for you. Yeah. It's and I'll throw out this like I did for American Treasures. If you can name a movie that is uh, funnier than this, um, definitely let us know. And we'll yeah. debate it on the show. We said we're, that this is not the best though. comedy ever, <laughs> right? but it's, it's yeah. the funniest movie we've, we've seen. Yes, and I don't know because we've got, we've got a new version of Anchorman 2 coming out this weekend. 
right. uh, 700 yeah. extra jokes. So Gosh. that's going to be, I'm sure yeah. that's going to compete for the, well, the one liner prize. Fired yeah. up with that, but uh, no, you can't. You can't beat this. The premise alone and the, yeah. the seriousness of it is what's so funny. Like Richard and I did this like back in high school. Uh, we did this like comedic boy band. And we used to like do a series of videos for like uh, pep rallies and uh, just a show at school. And the whole premise behind it and why Richard and I thought it was so funny is because we took it completely serious. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like we were really good at all the dances we did and stuff. <laughs> like, like, it, like you, it's one we, thing if you just go up there and dance around, you know. But it's another thing if you're like as good as a real boy band. People yeah. like don't know what to think. <laughs> that was the whole thing. I was like, we got together and Kent and I were like, we had three other guys in there. Like, guys, what makes this funny is like, and feel free to get out whenever. But right, we need to rehearse like a lot. Like <laughs> that's what like we got to get this stuff down. And we would spend hours. <laughs> In like Ken's game room at seven, we could have been out like you know like doing much more fun things as seventeen year olds, like working on like the entire dance to an NSYNC song just for some stupid video we had to make. And you're right, that's very on point, Kent. Like that's how that's this movie this, is. It's yeah, it takes itself so seriously. That's why it's so funny. It's, yeah. it's satire. The entire yeah. movie is Absolutely. on action movies. It's yeah. it's very much like Tropic Thunder, except not as blatant. You know? Yeah, true. Very and true. It, it, uh, Man, I, I like I said, I, I've seen this movie tons of times, and every time I watch it, I I I was in well, stitches last night. Like, what was your thing <laughs> out loud? Just <laughs> it does get funnier the more you see it. It does. That's definitely true. I can't well, walk us through the first time you watched it. Like, oh, because I think I, did you, I talk you into it? Yeah, you guys okay. talked me into it. I mean, this movie came out, and this character was big, um, in a time where I wasn't watching a lot of TV, seeing yeah, a lot of movies, sure. so. Yeah, I came around late, and um, I mean, the first line of the movie is, <laughs> it's like, Wombat, this eagle's nest. <laughs> We've got your position. <laughs> like, just the first line I was thinking about, it was like, Wombat? <laughs> what made them choose Wombat there? <laughs> like, the randomness of that alone, like, set the tone, and I was like, oh, this is so perfect. And, um, I mean, I've seen it, yes. I mean, I probably... Yes. Probably ten times or or a dozen at this point, and they're so it's so deep. I know that's a weird word to say, but um, there's so much so much going on and so many jokes that like every time I watch it, I catch something new. And um, your butt. <laughs> there is um, that means number two. <laughs> I'm never ever going to do that. Yeah. Never ever say never ever. <laughs> Um, there is, I mean, there's so many one-liners, like, obviously, but... Richard I mean, and I say, first of all, you will never bring me <laughs> to each other, like, on a regular basis, like, when we're playing basketball, yeah. just for no reason. Yep. And, um... So, your toilet is so my, my, <laughs> <laughs> my first, uh, experience was, I mean, a hilarity, really. I mean, yeah. I was, I was dying, and, um, really, it, it's been funnier as funny every time I watch it since. So. Absolutely. It's um don't don't feel left out if you weren't in the original crowd. You still got time. Get on the bandwagon and uh, show your friends because I I mean I guarantee you'll have friends thanking you for showing them this movie. It can wait. <laughs>
So good. Uh, in case we need to have a Mad About Movies showing of uh, of MacGruber uh-huh. in like a theater, and we'll mic up Eric just in the background. <laughs> we need That's to do it at the. Idea. We need to do a quote along at the Alamo Draft House. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Hosted yeah. by us. Right. I think that would be a huge hit. Balls in your court, Alamo. Yeah, you know, I you, you said Elmo for a second. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what he has to do with this, but. I don't really want to hang out with that guy that does the Elmo voice. Yeah, I thought he was arrested. I yeah, know, kind of in the like under- balls in your core. What are you saying, Brian? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Anyway, <laughs> um, what are grades, guys? From a Gruber, A plus plus plus. I don't. I mean, uh, A plus. A. I'm gonna go A. Solid A. Uh, and there are. Um, how dare you? Yeah, and we didn't even go into spoiler territory. There, it's not grade time. Like okay. what? Yeah, like what? Greatest I was going to ask, what, what are your other thoughts on this? Before greatest we... sex, nay. Greatest lovemaking scene. Oh, easily. <laughs> of all time. <laughs> the best part about it ever. is when, <laughs> when he's with when Kristen. When cuts out. When, yeah. When he's with Kristen Wiig and uh, <laughs> Gotta go. he's on he's on her and like he starts making the noises and he, he just starts going to town. <laughs> and you look, if you watch Kristen Wiig, she has to like turn her head away from the camera. Because she's laughing so hard, <laughs> uh, and like they don't cut, they don't cut at all, and it's the perfect take—the one they use for the movie. It is, and that—that's the best. That's the funniest part to watch with people who've never seen the movie yeah, before. Yeah, it's just—it's a ticking time bomb till that scene. Yeah, he and you're just staring at people, and then watch them lose their minds. Like, oh, oh. And the other funny thing is—I don't know if this is method or just accident, but it's brilliant. Forte is sweating so much. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's <laughs> spitting. <laughs> it's it's dripping down on Kristen Wiig. Yeah. It's the worst experience <laughs> ever for her. <laughs> and all that happens in one take. It's one solid take, and he gets off. And it's like an <laughs> awkward pause. He's like, you're gotta amazing. Go. <laughs> you're amazing. Gotta go. And it gotta cuts go. to another scene. <laughs> oh. My gosh. Never mind, don't worry about it. We'll talk about it later. And one of my other favorite favorite parts is um, after the accident with the guys, the, the team, when he blows him up, Tug. cuts immediately Tug. to him in front of like a, a blinds with his sunglasses on. <laughs> and be like, That were my eulogies. Yeah. What does he say about the eulogy? It's uh, like it was great. Flush. I wish you would have used a little less F words, though. <laughs> Families were there. Yeah. Their families. Yeah. Well, well they were the sh- effing great guys. <laughs> they were effing great guys, and this is an effing awful day. <laughs> uh, oh man. Uh, it's, too it's so too good for words, honestly. It, honestly, it, go it's, watch it and just—I mean, just go into it knowing, just open-minded, and just it—it it, it frustrates me when people are like, "Well, that movie was stupid." It no, it's it's trying to be like it's yeah. a satire. Like go in knowing it's it's smart, stupid, um, yeah. and just be ready to just laugh. You laugh like a little kid. I mean, it's such a funny, funny, fun. Every there's not a, a line in that movie that's not funny, in yeah. some way. Yeah, either the delivery or what's going on behind it. It's every frame of that movie. That's why I always say like it's not the greatest comedy of all time. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, it's a meaningless movie, but it is the funniest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. And and talking about it for the last. 30 minutes has been funny. Like I've been, yeah, my yeah. eyes hurt from laughing. Yeah. Uh, there's not too many movies that give you that. And uh, thank you to everyone involved with this movie, Seth Meyers and Yorma Tacone and uh, Will Forte, especially um, Andrew, uh, some John Solomon. 
Uh, awesome, awesome job. Uh, definitely. Well said, Richard. I will fill all of you up. <laughs> and um, on that note, we should move on and uh, do weekly recommends. Weekly recommends. All right, I'm going to kick off weekly recommends this week, and um, I'm going to suggest a documentary for you guys to check out. Uh, this is a documentary about filmmaking, uh, specifically like uh, practical effects filmmaking and um, horror movies especially. Uh, it's a m- documentary on Netflix called Nightmare Factory, and um, it's about Greg Nicotero um, and his uh, special effects company. Um, he's the one behind uh, horror classics uh, such as Evil Dead, and um, he's the one who does all the effects for like Dawn of the Dead, all the zombies, The Walking Dead, uh, all the zombies and stuff. And it's just about like how practical effects were started in Hollywood and um, how they're struggling to hold on today. Does that make sense? Sure. And it sort of uses his factory. Um, of you know making practical effects for horror movies as you know a template for their argument. So really interesting documentary. If you're not into horror, don't worry. I mean, it's just a really cool look at you know how a lot of these effects are accomplished without using CGI, which is definitely rare today. And um, it's a his effects are a huge reason that The Walking Dead has become such a big deal because of the reality of it and everything. Um, there was. Um, a point in Hollywood where zombies were like cheesy. Uh, nobody, you know, we, we, we're in a post world war Z world right now. So zombies are like everywhere, but like they weren't a thing for a while. And like, yeah, Greg Nicotero and Zack Snyder, believe it or not, brought it back with Dawn of the dead um, in 2004. So a lot of credit goes to him and he's just a really big innovator in the business. And so check out this documentary called nightmare factory. Uh, about Greg Nicotero and his company. Uh, really interesting stuff. You guys would like it, definitely for sure. Um, so, Sweet. if if nobody else, you guys that definitely need to need to check it out. So that's awesome. my recommend for this week, uh, Brian. Yeah, I'm gonna recommend something that's been recommended before, but it's been about a year and uh, it, it, it it's timely, I think. Uh, but the Americans came out yes. on DVD, oh, yeah. Blu-ray a couple of weeks ago. I picked up my Blu-ray copy. Uh, this weekend and uh, has started watching with some friends who hadn't seen the show before. Um, that pilot is one of the best pilots yes, yeah. I can ever remember. I mean, it's just a magnificent piece of, of filmmaking. Um, so many great little, I mean, just throw you directly into the fray, but at the same time, give you this like a little bit of the backstory, just enough to keep you uh, really interested and invested mm-hmm. in that part of the story, as well as the current part of the story. The acting is so good, so good. Um, I don't think that I really registered how good uh, Carrie Russell and and uh, what's Reese, the, Matthew so, Reese. Uh, he's unbelievable. He's Fuck. so good. Yeah. He's so stinking good. Um, it's got great cover art too, which is a, which is a rare thing these days. Yeah. I feel like for DVD and and Blu-ray. Um, and the uh, the second season, I believe, starts tomorrow. Yes. So uh, if you've not seen it, it's on like iTunes and stuff as well. You may be able to get it on FX on demand if you if you have that. It but is it's, on. It's um, honestly. It's on Amazon Prime if you have that. Okay, free. sweet. So yeah, if you have that. Hey, there oh, it is. Oh, nice. Is it? Yeah, that's, that's how great. I. I um actually this past weekend, Brian. Yeah, I got into it. Um, oh. because I heard that it was premiering this week, season two. I finished House of Cards, which mm. is holy crap. 
We need to talk <laughs> about that sometime. Yeah. But um, after that, I immediately went to move to Americans, and I've watched the first three right now. Yeah. And you you said it great. That pilot is just truly it had me hooked from the very beginning. Such a simple premise for a show. Yeah. Um could go you could see it lasting for seasons, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um just man, it's my new addiction. So It's fantastic. It really is. It's yeah. a great show. And honestly, like if you're at all into that kind of drama, actiony, like serious uh TV show and you haven't seen it, it's honestly worth the scene blind. with Let's like just blind the Phil Collins in the air tonight in yes. the pilot. Oh my gosh. So, yes. It was like so cinematic. It, I was like, God, oh, this yeah. is, it didn't feel like TV. It was awesome. No, yeah, no, just great show. Um, yeah. and I, I've really enjoyed getting to rewatch it, uh, over the, I don't really do that a lot with hour long shows. There, there's very few yeah. that I, I'll watch over and over again. And this is right up there. Yeah. Um, uh, like, I mean, like Mad Men is a great example. I I still contend Mad Men is the best show on television, but I don't I don't really enjoy sitting down to rewatch episodes. Oh, totally. Of that I haven't. I've seen since, you know walk- one or two of the greatest ones. Yeah, I've seen The Walking Dead since season one, episode one. I've watched every single episode of that show on air. Haven't gone back and watched any of them. Right. Like, yeah. It's just I will eventually. I'm sure before we eventually do our walking dead (laughs) rants and raves here in like four years or something whenever that show ends but with chris hardwick yeah yeah, with chris hardwick (laughs) hosting and um so i mean yeah i didn't have that rewatchability um drive like the americans does in breaking bad even has that for me um wow awesome awesome show for sure um richard you like the americans right i do very much so yeah i I I know you've you've recommended it before i think so mm-hmm. man god i i need to catch up i got like so much to catch up on tonight before tomorrow i'm gonna be so pissed if i don't get to see the the premiere episode in time so ah. i need to get off this and and start watching me some americans uh richard what you recommend yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna kind of theme my recommend to our episodes this week last night i uh happened across this movie and i i will now maintain that it's the second greatest um throat rip intensive film of all time <laughs> and uh, i'm gonna recommend roadhouse patrick swayze nice nice i can't believe we got through that entire mcgruber review without mentioning throat rips once <laughs> <laughs> gobble 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 absolutely that's gonna be you small fry <laughs> oh, gosh. gotta want to get a throat rip in here that's where you come in small fry uh yeah that's uh yeah great great actually is roadhouse is an awesome movie um let's just locked into it I've seen that movie probably almost as much as I've seen MacGruber, and uh, it holds up very well. Swayze was the man. It's a shame. We lost him way too Man, he was. Definitely. Definitely was the man. American treasure status, for sure. Oh, yeah. He might be a post. So many. We've lost so many potentials. I know. Man, it's just, uh, I don't even want to have to have the debate whether they can get in, because (laughs) um, that opens up a whole other can. But, man, super sad. Anyway, guys, uh, man, this has been awesome. Yeah, um, it's fun. We, I'm sure we'll talk about MacGruber more because <laughs> it's inevitable. Obviously. But yeah, I'm glad we got to at least have you know an extended talk about this. Um, yeah. I, like I said, we can't suggest this enough. Um, buy it on Blu-ray because it's one you're going to want to rewatch and <laughs> let your friends borrow, and they're going to want to see it in all its uh, full 1080p glory. <laughs> right. That's for sure. Yeah. But um, 
Anything else, Thanks guys? For listening, guys. We uh, we'll, we'll get back to like current movies next week, but we we thought you no, guys literally, might guys, if you, this over three days to kill yeah. or Pompeii or something like that. If you and we saw, knew we would appreciate. If this you saw Pompeii or um or three days to kill this past weekend, if you're, you're like, man, I'm gonna watch these. Mad about movies. Gonna release an episode. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, don't just don't subscribe to this because if you think, <laughs> if you think we would even uh, consider seeing uh, and wasting time on those, um, you got you got problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brian Gill, let me ask you this: Where can I find your work on the internet? You can find my writing at canbabiesdrinkredbull.com, and you can find me on Twitter at bgill12. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden. Kent, where might I find you on these interwebs? Find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison, and find our show. Online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Find our episodes on there. Find all of our weekly recommends on there. Our American treasures on there. And contact the show on there as well. Uh, and on that note, until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Slayer. Goodbye. What's up, Kento? Who are you talking about? We're just talking about late night. I like Seth Meyers' show. Yeah, I was telling. The monologue was, was he didn't find his tone really. Yeah, in it. Do you know what I mean? Didn't like, feel like he was standing doing weekend update. Yeah, jokes. he was kind of screaming them. Yeah, <laughs> it's just weird. Like I said to you, I said it. If he had been sitting down with something behind him, it wouldn't have been weird. Yeah. Like he was standing up and like people aren't used to seeing him like that yet. You it know? was like the, the Jack Donahue thing. Like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure he'll find it and, yeah. and get more. I, I wish he would have like talked to the audience more than like straight into the camera, you know? Yeah. It's um, Brian. It's, it's pretty Leno as far yeah. as like uh, the monologue. I mean, uh, but that's a good thing. There's room for that. I wanted Fallon it to be like, Fallon doesn't really I wanted, I don't know, like, and it's probably risky. Because the late uh-huh. night show is such a staple type show, I yeah. wanted Seth Meyers to kind of shake it up. Yeah, I you know heard, what I mean. Like, I had heard change the format a little bit. Do a maybe gonna, do a monologue like a John Stewart kind of monologue or something. Yeah. You know, I had heard he was going to do kind of a Bill Maher thing where he's going to have some like roundtable discussions, like Real Time does on HBO, uh-huh. which could be kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I was I just could, disappointed. Like the the show started in like. It was exactly what you would expect. It it's weekend like, update. It's just like yeah. joke, 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 which it's very Leno in that way. But that's he'll have the like quote of the week every week on some whatever the top political topic oh, is. Sure. So it'll 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 figure itself out. It's going to take like, six. It, months. it was just like, yeah, it'll take six months. It was like last night. You could tell that like it was his first time doing it and the yeah. audience knew it was his first time, you know, and like I, I watched everyone's first show there's a website that has them on like the first oh, yeah. i just watched the first five minutes of letterman oh, conan really? and jimmy i'll send it hmm. over i'd like uh, to see jimmy jimmy kimmel i watched that the first jimmy kimmel it was on after jimmy the super bowl Fallon? Fallon or kimmel jimmy kimmel oh kimmel you know it's just the it's just the late night guys people oh. have hosted the late night show 
on this. But I remember the first Kimmel too because they it was on after the Super Bowl when ABC they did it had live. it. Yep, they used to do it live, yeah. and they would they had alcohol, so the audience was all drunk. Yep, and that lasted about five days before people started like wandering on the stage and stuff. <laughs> and the and the guests were like the first. Uh, Bill Simmons tells a funny story because he was a writer that first year. They're like, all right, and Carolla was a writer, and Carolla was like kind of famous from Man Show. Yeah, and he's like, all right, whatever Carole we do, was as famous as Kimmel back then. Yeah, if not and more. He, and he was, yeah, because he had Loveline too. Yep. And they'd be like, all right, we can't have Carolla on until like the six month mark, and then like they couldn't get any guests, so Carolla was like the first guest yeah. on like <laughs> first twelve shows. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when like Dog and Corolla just alternating as the guests. I remember when they wouldn't let like Kimmel host the show. Like every week they would have a guest host yeah. that would guest <laughs> yeah. host the entire week and sit there. Yep. It was like um, Mike Tyson did a week. And- yeah, it was really random people they would do it. Like Travis Barker from Blink did it, I remember, for a week. <laughs> a week straight. And like he doesn't talk ever. Yeah. So it was just to really weird. ABC's undying credit. Kimmel's really good, but he, he took longer than most to get really good. Like, I feel like Letterman and Conan. I couldn't believe fact, they didn't cancel him yeah, like, after two, or, two years or something. Those guys all took like a year to kind of figure it out. And Kimmel took like three or four years. But once he figured it out, he was awesome. But like, it, to their credit, they stuck with him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely to their credit. I didn't think it would last after I, I was like, I like it, but. Yeah, stuff I like was never popular. So now he's got, if you think about it, such a um, advantage because he's the only one in L.A. And he doesn't like. So he can just it's book Fallon and Letterman competing with each other. He's just like, I'm going to do my show. You guys can, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you guys can argue and about ratings. Like he's comfortable yeah. being number three. Yeah, and it, the worst that can happen is he's number one or two. You know, it's like yeah, that's that's crazy. It's crazy that he's that Fox doesn't have a show. Yeah, I know. It'll be interesting to see if they make a play for Leno. I hope not. Yeah, I don't think he would. He said he wouldn't do that. He, yeah. he would never go. He would not go to Fox and do another late night show. I think he's gonna be do kind of like what. Uh, hey, you know, you never know though. Uh, they just fired Piers Morgan. I know. So I bet Leno. I bet Leno gets that gig. Yeah, he's definitely CNN. He would totally do that. Program. He would totally do that. I can see him. Yeah, he's. I'm such... not competing. It's not late night. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's so annoying because like Leno's so likable. Dude, Seth just, Meyers like, actually has up. a really high squeaky voice. Yeah, he I does. noticed that last night. I was like, people are going to start doing a Seth Meyers voice. Yeah, because he did remind me of Leno a lot. It was yeah, it was good though. I love Fred Armisen. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> so just Fred and Seth like need like when when Myers went to the desk. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's so much better because mm-hmm. him and Arm- Armisen started going back and forth, and they're oh man, it was so great. Just so weird with how yeah. he <laughs> it's awesome. Recent history. Check it out on History Channel. It's on either six or seven AM, depending on what they have going Recent on. Recent history. Yeah. He was like Seth Myers is like, so they change the schedule every day for your show. Yeah, but I'm cool about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Talks about the last hour of stuff that's relevant <laughs> from the last hour. Wouldn't that be hard to like film? Uh yeah, it it is really hard to film, actually. <laughs> Armistead is so cool, man. I don't know how long he'll stay on that show, but they, yeah, see, hopefully a while. He'll yeah. probably just one day wake up and realize, hey, this might be the best I ever do. Yeah, like when Portlandia probably won't last too much longer. I don't think. I think the Roots initially only planned to stay a couple years, and then it was yeah. like well, we're perfect at this. Like we're the best band in the late night, yeah. so let's just do this. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's, let's get, it get started. this going. <laughs> 